Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. It's We're going to be bone-chilled. It's so spooky because we're going to be talking about horror this evening, which is very unseasonable because it's not Halloween yet, but we have a purpose. We have a reason. And I am joined by fellow film critic Jason. Say hi, Jason. Hello. Oh, it's good to be here. We are out of season because it is only August, isn't it? But... It's always the season for horror, don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I love horror films. I will uh, watch horror films all year long, so it doesn't matter when we do the podcast. Yeah, I'm always to hell a... with the seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. I think we should start off quite simply with what is, if you're a horror connoisseur like myself, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Go. <laughs> My favorite horror movie of all time. Well, uh, I quite like uh, Rosemary's Baby. I think that's a classic horror film. Yes. They did a TV get... version of that. HBO, I think, did it, didn't they? They did? Oh, I didn't know that. Did you see that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually like it more than the uh, the movie. I'd be ashamed of myself. Is it good? Is the series good? Yeah, it's like a two-parter. And it's like, I think each episode is like an hour and a bit long. And it's like modern day in Paris and all that other kind of stuff. And uh, it was really, it's really interesting. It's a fabulous adaptation. I was like ready to be disappointed when they make TV series of stuff. If you've seen like The Exorcist and the TV series of Scream that they did, they were garbage. I know. Uh, I was like, eh, but it was brilliant. Okay. It's basically the same story. Yeah, it's exactly the same story. Obviously, there's a few adaptations because it's modern and everything like that. But yeah, Young Woman in the Apartment makes friends with some Satanists. And the guy who... Um, you actually see the guy who's meant to be the devil. Okay. He's sexy. He's very sexy. <laughs> so it's just like... I was like, damn, if he was following me around, I'd be be well up for being uh, indoctrinated into some Satanic mm. cults. <laughs> they make it very... Um, 
they make the Satanists in it a lot more alluring, a lot more beautiful, a lot more sort of like charismatic than I found with the Roman Polanski one. Yeah, and the in the original films they're old, aren't they? I mean, I think and yeah. the, you, you say the that Satan himself is actually presented as a human. He has a human yeah. form in the film. I, I don't yeah. think I like that. I prefer if he if he's just a monster, Satan. That's ah. my opinion on him. Yeah, I don't like doing his personified like Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. Mm. That's just my I think opinion. He's... I think he's like he's like a shape-shifting kind of guy because he kind of like appears out of places. So there's always that like concept that he may or may not be human or if he's taking a human form because like you see him and then you don't see him and he's like shifts around around Rosemary as she's trying to get on with her day. So it's very confusing, but it's a really good adaptation. So many people it went under the radar, but Rosemary's Baby as a Polanski film is a classic. That was part of his trilogy he did, which was based around apartments which is a weird fact that no one knows. He did like three films in a row and Rosemary's Baby was the most popular one. And I think one was called The Tenant. And he did these movies all based around what happens in like New York apartments and the weird kind of energy you have in the, those buildings because so many people's lives are like going on and you don't know what your neighbors are doing and all this other kind of stuff. But um, yeah, that's a brilliant choice. That's a classic. That's That's got to be up there with some of my favorites, you know? Like I would never have children just probably because I fear my child would come out like Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's a devil child. That's likely. I mean, evil, fine. Um, I think that my favorite horror, it's so hard because everyone always says like Halloween, don't they? Or like Friday the 13th and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I think my favorite horror on the on the the aesthetic and the, the suspense that we feel when watching horror is probably the Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah, that, that terrified me. I saw it at the cinema and yep. It's truly a terrifying. Even if you don't see any monsters, I mean, it's just the darkness and the sound you hear. Mm. It creates great atmosphere, great atmosphere, and they that costs like I think thirty thousand dollars to make, and yeah, it makes so much money. It is a classic, you know. It is a I think it is the best found footage horror film in my opinion. Yeah, I think like I never got to see it in the cinema, which really kind of bums me out. I think yeah. I was too too young. I think I was probably like uh i was like 14 when it came out i saw it on vhs a few years ago but even not within the atmosphere of a cinema it was just that moment at the end Mm. you never forget the fear you feel when she walks down the stairs and mike is facing the wall you know the final scene and she screams and the camera falls that is quality filmmaking absolutely what happened anyone's guess they probably died yeah Yeah, i and and I think as well, the marketing of that film was absolutely genius. The way they made so many people believe that it was real, you know. Mm-hmm. And think, um, yeah. Sundance Festival, they they premiered it at Sundance Festival. And something like 40% of the audience were like, yeah, that that, that was real. That actually happened. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, they, they ever make up a documentary about it, which I watched. The Burkittsville 7. That I one. It, I think it was called the the legend the legend of the Blair Witch. I think it was called. It came back in ninety nine when it when it was released at the cinemas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that was on the Sci Fi Channel or something. They released it just before to make everyone sort of like hype up about it. I mean, that was such a good movie, and everyone hates the other two. Have you seen the other two, The Book of Shadows, and then I think Blair Witch? But I don't know what the third one's called. I think it's just called Blair Witch. Well, The Book of Shadow was awful in my opinion. It had not. It wasn't a found footage film, and it had not. Very, very little similarities with the first one, if any, to be mm. honest. And I think it was utterly unnecessary sequel. And the third one, I mean, it's, I don't think it was necessary because uh, it's not a found footage again, but it doesn't have anything memorable about it. And I think it also shows a wit, doesn't it? But it's not good. 
that really annoyed me yeah Yeah. that was the worst part because the whole concept of the Blair Witch was like the unseen is what we're afraid of obviously and then they were just like you get through the whole movie and you're like yeah I mean I think that the third one did a good job in answering questions about how the forest exists and works and how the original three did get lost and stuff like that Um, because it's like the forest is like time shifting or something they kind of explain it like that don't they and um, yeah. but I was like, yeah, that's kind. Of, I mean, I didn't like the movie, but I was like, oh, it's good. You know, you're finding out more about the Blair Witch. But then, yeah, when you see her at the end, and she's all like long and like spidery, and it's just like, eh, whatever. That's dumb. <laughs> I checked out then. I was like, that's so stupid. Then they made a game of it as well. It's a PlayStation game now. Really, I have no idea. Have you played it? Yeah, yeah, I played it. It was good. It's like you're a cop and you're in the forest and you have to find some lost kid and you're getting haunted by the witch and the witch like, um, but she like attacks you, like the ground like attacks you and trees attack you and stuff. And you have to like find videotapes like like they do in the Blair Witch and rewind them to unlock clues and stuff. I don't know. It was all right. It's very, um, it does a very good go- game. Like it's a good game for like disorientating you because you are constantly there's no linear path, so you are literally just one like running around this like open world forest in a sense. So you really are like completely disorientated within the forest, the Black Hills, whatever it was called. Dun dun dun. But yeah, it kind of like hurt my eyes after a while because it was like you couldn't focus on anything. It was it was pretty crazy. So I never finished it. I gave it to my pal and she still got it. So <laughs> she's probably traumatized somewhere playing that game or something. Jesus. Yeah, it was is okay. It, is it the first person game? Yeah, you're just some dude. Yeah. And you've got a dog and that's it. And you're running, but you see through first person perspective. But I think okay. you can change it so you can just see the guy kind of like when you play car racing games. But it's okay. I think it's, it's like it's like ten bucks to buy now. So I mean it's worth it if you like the Blair Witch kind of thing. Okay. They'll make money out cool. of anything. They'll keep milking that franchise till uh, till death. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It'll be like Friday the Thirteenth, probably. Yeah, well, there've only there've only been three Blair Witch films so far, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they get through. I hear dogs barking. Is that your dog, Jason? Uh, no, it's outside. Not my dog. No, it's just outside. Sorry about that. I don't care. I thought we were yeah. going to get free dogs. My dog barks all the time on the okay. podcast. We're just like, yeah, let's not talk about movies. Who's got a dog? That's exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I think, like, yeah, The Blair Witch and, like, it's quite funny how we've both picked quite old horror movies. Like, you know, Blair Witch was, what, 1996, I want to say? 1999, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, yeah. Rosemary's Baby was, like, the 70s, wasn't it? 1968. Wow, I'm really bad with dates. Thank God you're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just me just not knowing when anything's made. I'm like, yeah, I love I love horror movies. Mm. I mean, that's not to say, though. I think, like, everyone always, like, fetishizes the golden era of um, horror to be the 70s with the slasher flicks. And then, obviously, the, late, the early 80s with the Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp and all of those follow-on movies mm. that came from the slasher things. But, um you were mentioning on the fans who listen to the podcast, we have a little group chat. You were mentioning vampire and werewolf movies. And I was like, man, werewolf movies. Guy, yeah, they're like old school. Are you, are you into those kind of things? Like the old school vampire movies and stuff like that? Old school, do you mean 50s? Yeah, like what, Hammer, House of Hammer and stuff like that. Uh, I'm more into the newer films. The ones I grew up watching, like 80s or 90s from then yeah. on. Yeah. What's your favorite I, werewolf film? Oh, oh my god, you're gonna like 
fire me out of a cannon because I'm going to say it. And I don't even know if you've seen it. Um, there's this like random movie. I think Christina Ricci's in it and it's called Cursed. Uh, it's a 2005 film, isn't it? I haven't seen it, though. Ah, uh, yeah. It's really hammy and tacky and kind of like a bit jokey, a bit comedy-ish. But um, it's not bad. I kind of really, I really enjoyed it. And it's got the actor who's the guy from The Social Network. Uh, what's his name? And he's in Zombieland. I know who you mean. Yeah, him, that dude. Yeah, he's in it. And he's like super young. It's like, I think it's quite early in his career. And um, yeah, that's a good movie. That's a stupid, dumb movie. But if I was going to pick a popular werewolf mob, um, probably Dog Soldiers. I like Dog Soldiers. Mm, yeah. Why'd that's another that? really... Yeah, that's a rubbish movie as well, but it's I think it's kind of funny. I'm going to guess now that your favorite is probably American Werewolf in London. How did you know that? Yes, it is one of my favorite uh, <laughs> werewolf films, yes. I mean, in my opinion, it has the best transformation scene ever into a who, werewolf. Oh, what was the name of the special effects guy who did that? Because he does all the ones on Friday the 13th as well. Uh. It's, not, it's not Tom Savini, is it? No, not him. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Tom Savini, yeah. It is him. The guy with a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the hatchet gags. He was the guy who came up with the hatchet gag concept okay. on like Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, I think he did it. Is that the guy from from Dusk Till Dawn? It's yes, the same, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's a classic movie. I mean, yeah, I've never seen the second one. Is it American Werewolf in Paris? I think I've seen parts of it. I didn't think much of it. I think the first one is much better. Because that. Yeah, that movie is crazy. I feel like that movie is in like almost two parts, you know. It's like him mm. on the moors, the isolation of the moors, him and his pal getting lost. And, and then mm. obviously the whole, the second half is him being a werewolf. It's such an interesting, it's also a very beautiful movie. And the transformation scene is like one of the best for its time yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's when really, was very that movie? Uh, 81, I think. 81. Wow. Or 82. <laughs> I should know that. Shame on me. <laughs> but like to do that in the 80s, because they do the full scene, don't they? They don't like, you know, shy away. They do everything in the transformation scene. Like it was really um, yep. revolutionary for its time. Yeah, so it compares the American werewolf and London transformation scene with the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro. That was, you know, that was just CGI and it wasn't, you know, memorable either. Do you know what? I don't really... I'm going to blow everyone's mind who's listening. I don't really rate Guillermo de Toro's films. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Your opinion. That's right. It's all right. I don't... Like, personally, I just find... I think they visually are very nice. But okay. I just find the storylines kind of like... Eh. <laughs> uh, like, I just check out. I mean, do, are you into it? Do you like it? The Wolfman. <laughs> I've never what? seen it. I, I saw it once at the same but no no good no don't see it no okay good. no i've That's... seen like pan's labyrinths and all of those kind of ones of his pan's labyrinth I... it's not in it Gilmore about... de Toro did pan's labyrinth yeah he did yes did they do the wolfman i'm not sure i don't think so i've not seen the wolfman though i need to see that no. if it's bad i like bad movies do you know what i mean yeah absolutely i think with horror movies, I like the really tacky, cheesy ones. But for horror directors, I sometimes wonder why Guillermo del Toro is classed as a horror director because I wouldn't class him as one. Uh, he did Chronos uh, back in '93. That was a kind of a vampire story. Yeah, was yeah. that the one with the little boy? Yes, a little Let's boy, not... and it's yep. about an old man. He has to do with a device that makes you uh, keep your maintain your youth, but it makes you, you know crave blood. 
like a vampire. Ah. Yeah, it's a good film. I need to see it again. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah, that sounds. I I've seen like people talk about it and stuff like that, but again, I've just kind of been put off his work. I just am not. I'm not interested in his storylines. I find them very um. I don't know, just kind of watered down. I want to. I want like when I watch a horror movie, I'm into like, let's get into it. Let's get suspense. Let's get excited. Yeah. And and Guillermo del Toro is a good slow burn guy. And I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. But it's just not for me. His house in real life is amazing though, because he collects movie props, doesn't he? Uh, he does. I had no idea. Oh, you need to Google image Guillermo del Toro's house. It's crazy. He's got a full size. Is it Regan or Reagan from The Exorcist, the young girl? Like, this, okay. you know the doll they used to do the spinning head scene? Yeah, absolutely. He's got that in his house, oh. sitting on a chair in his lounge. Well, that's quite an honor. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, his house is super cool. I was just like, damn. Mm. But that's what you do when you're rich. When yeah, you're rich, so. you just if buy you a bunch of garbage. <laughs> if you can afford something you want, why not buy it? Well, we could be like Jeffrey Bezos and go to space if we were rich. Guess so. Well, I don't. I, guess I... I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go to okay. space. No. Would you go to space if you were a millionaire? I don't know. What's in space? There's not much to do there, is there? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. There I'm isn't I'm sure much it's amazing. to do there. Yeah, I would. Be, I don't know. The thing is, I think I'd find it pretty boring. These billionaires are that bored mm. that they're like, "Nah, we got to space now. That's just like the no. thing to do." I'm and sure Gilmore it's a great Toro's experience. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it is. Like. I'm sure. They can all do what they want. They're like super billionaires, though. Gilmer Dottorio. Gilmer Dottorio, I don't think he's even a millionaire, but he's got the Exorcist doll, so he's one up on Jeffrey Bezos in my book. <laughs> well, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to pay his house a visit now. Thank you. It's like, he's got loads of stuff. Like, it's ridiculous. Okay. It's like a museum. It's kind of like just insane. Like, it's wall-to-wall movie memorabilia. Mm. Like, if you were like, you know, one of those people who are easily scared, you wouldn't want to have a sleepover with Gilmer de Toro, you know. Okay, so he likes he has a lot of horror film souvenirs, the kind of it's stuff. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's okay. crazy. And his house looks like the Adams family house as it is, so Okay. It's where, awesome. where, where is that house in America? I think he's in California, yeah. Ooh, okay. Like it's crazy. You can like just Google pictures of <laughs> everyone's just like really weird and googling Gilmer de Toro's house now. Just like let's look inside this man's house. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's beautiful. Like he's a beautiful man. Where were we up to? What were we saying? <laughs> we just streamed off onto yes, Gilmer yes. de Toro's okay. house. We were talking about werewolves. Werewolf movies. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of the '50s horror. I mean, we were talking about how um, Hammer horror. I'm a big fan of all like you know. Vincent Price especially there's something very mm. smooth about him in lockdown I tried to watch every Vincent Price movie ever made um I nearly went mad because <laughs> mm. I found out he had something like 150 movies or something stupidly high like that um and I, I don't know there's just something um very beautiful about how they made horror in the early days have you seen the original House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price I'm ashamed to say I have not. It's good. I mean, it was it was such a movie of its time. It was like revolutionary, like kind of how we see the Blair Witch Project and stuff like that, like a game changer in horror. How like you know the the transformation scene was in American Werewolf. It was one of those things. Um, uh, is it good? Nah, like for scares, I'm going to go no. But I can imagine in the 50s, people were proper terrified by some of the scenes but the way they laid out horror in the 50s and the 60s it had a different vibe i mean if you look at how hitchcock executed horror as well 
you know mm -hmm. i mean sometimes i enjoy watching them because now we have so much on a plate in regards to like gore don't we and like extreme violence that it's it's a real nice trip down memory lane not that i was born in the 50s but to enjoy you know the more subtle effects which brings me to my point i was thinking about this when we were like oh we're gonna do a horror chat and there's so much about horror is how do you feel about the because you were saying you like 90s 2000s film the really extreme gore fest they called it gore porn didn't they that came out in the mid 2000s like saw hostile a serbian film how did you feel that that sort of took horror in a direction didn't it how did that make you feel did you enjoy those movies uh the saw films yeah i enjoyed a couple of them i say i like the first and the third one i think so but i think from the third one the, the kind of drag is the story you know too much mm. the story doesn't really make sense and i think that the saw films and the hostile films they rely too much on gore yes you no know, to, to gore and violence you know not much story it, going on yeah i mean there, yeah there was that huge time frame where we were just just bombarded with gore porn and mm. it really kind of took over like slasher films did in the 70s and then they had the renaissance it was scream in the 90s and stuff but i was just kind of like i kind of i never like saw i thought it was stupid like the first one yeah mm. is kind of interesting but like yourself it trails off doesn't it yeah it's a puppet on a bike just kick the puppet over <laughs> like it's so annoying mm. how no one just kicks the stupid puppet over go away i don't like that puppet and then hostel is just it's just stupidity i get that that's the point but i was kind of disappointed in it because it was an eli roth movie and he'd come out with some amazing films like cabin fever a cabin fever I, yeah well again i think that relies i think it's a, a bit it, a, a lot on gore yes exactly mm. that's just my opinion it was better than hostel though <laughs> yeah. i was like come on eli roth you can do better than that but um, I kind of, I kind of moved over to the European horror at that point, and it was brutal. It is so insanely brutal in comparison to what people were saying about Saw, because everyone was like proper shocked by Saw, weren't they? They're like, it's so gory, man. Mm. And I was like, have y'all been watching what's been coming out of Europe? Because it is insane. Um, I don't know if you've seen these films, things like a Serbian film. Yeah, that like was that. a that was a nasty film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very disturbing. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. A Serbian film is uh, like I don't know because you're a film critic. People always come up to me and they're like, "Oh yeah, give me a movie to watch." And because I like love horror as well, people are always like, "Give me a horror movie to watch." And I'm like, you know, how far do you want to go? They're like, "Yeah, I'll watch anything. Nothing scares me." I'm like, "Watch a Serbian film." And then they come back to me like a few days later. They're like, "What did you just make me watch?" Mm. <laughs> And I'm like, didn't you love watching women get their heads cut off? It's like, it's an extreme movie, man. That's an extreme movie. Like, that's crazy. I kind of find it interesting, though. Like, I don't shy. Like, if you look beyond the very, very extreme gore of a Serbian film, obviously, there's a lot we can't talk about to keep this podcast PC. Mm -hmm. Um with the Serbian film especially. But if you look past the extreme, because um, there's obviously the, he's a porn actor element of it, and then there's the extreme gore, so the listeners can put two and two together as to how the gore is uh, acted out. But obviously it's, um, I find that it's a very interesting like human study of the main character, how he's brainwashed, isn't he? He's so brainwashed throughout that movie by the, the, the cult of people, you know, making the, the smaller movies within the movie. I, I think if you kind of can 
eradicate yourself from what you're seeing on screen and follow the character arc and the character story. It's very interesting. Um, but you have to get through the really extreme elements of it, which is hard for a lot of people. I can understand. I can't imagine that had quite a good audience rating that movie. No, that was probably a tough not. One. I no, mean, I no, especially the park with the baby. I could that really upset me. I mean, I'm not sure watch that film again. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, I personally have only ever seen a Serbian film once. Yeah. Um, it is. But I think the last podcast, I think me and Brian were talking about how um, watching Schindler's List is one of those films where it's like, it's very hard to watch more than once. And I think, you know, a Serbian film is one of those things that you have to like prepare yourself for. And then it's very, very intense. And yes. then you kind of, yeah, you kind of only do it once. And then you're like, I'm done. I'm okay. And then obviously the movie that came out of that mid 2000s gore fest that made it big was A Human Centipede. Yeah, Have that's another. Yeah, I've seen that film, yes. That's another uh, extreme film. That crazy mm. doctor, surgeon, he kidnaps people and puts them together to make a human centipede. <laughs> How lovely. Yeah, that yeah. movie, um, the the premise behind it is really odd. Uh, the director was, cr- like, he's a crazy guy. Like, I think the director's German. And he came, he was, like, apparently, you know, folklore tale. He was drunk in a bar. And this theory of sewing people together to become human centipedes was his punishment in his mind for people who were sex offenders in you know in his country like he was like this should be the the punishment and everyone was like you're crazy you're drunk and obviously he's like yeah that's literally not going to happen but he ended up kind of making it into his movie and the whole premise of the movie in his mind he was like every character who's sewed together is meant to be a typical person from a horror movie and then you have the villainous doctor. And then the fact that none of them can, can communicate because no one can speak the same language. And the the two girls who speak the same language are the ones who are sewed together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was all meant to be like, how do we communicate without communicating? You know, how do we all become together as people when we have language barriers? Um, see, I, like he was either making up a bunch of garbage to sort of like pad out why he made that movie or it is true. Who knows? But... Yeah, again, I've seen Human Centipede once. I'm okay. I don't want to see it again. I don't want to see it again. Yeah, I don't, it didn't upset me much. I can, I, I've seen it a few times. You know, it's, it's an okay horror film, I think. It's a nasty one, but I think it does a good job. Have you seen the sequel? Um, Is that the, the black and white one, isn't it, where it's the guy and he makes, like, the loop of people? Yep, that's right. Seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's a third one, which I definitely haven't seen. Me either thank god i don't think how far can you go do you know what i mean yeah. i think that the second one like they really um again the baby scene under the the car pedal in that i think um they really got to the point where they were like pushing gore boundaries and stuff like that because human centipede one actually isn't that gory if you know like yeah it's very subtle i think the worst scene in a human centipede is the end where the doctor's dead the japanese guy's dead the middle girl is dead and it's just that one girl stuck at the end by herself just mm. having to wait to die and then the camera just pans off away from the house and that was the bit that was like the breaking point for me because i was like oh that's so bleak <laughs> <laughs> nothing else up to that point was bleak for me but that bit was the bleakest point <laughs> yeah but then the second one i was just like eh this is just a cash grab this is like let's just chuck some gore at the screen like they did with saw like they did with hostel mm. and see who pays for a movie ticket and i was just like yeah whatever you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't care by that point 
But um, yeah, I found that um, Europe really brought out some interesting movies at that point. Um, there was a French movie called Inside. I don't know if you've seen that. It was fantastic. The Americans remade it. I didn't even bother to learn the name because it was so boring. Um, they just did some fantastic movies that went under the radar, which is a shame because there was, a, I think it's, I'm going to be wrong. I think it's Russian and it's called Them and it's based on the true story. If no one's seen it and you like, I don't know if you've seen The Strangers. Have you seen The Strangers? With Liv Tyler, of course. Yeah, good film. Great film. Well, there's a, an early film from the early 2000s, which was um, sort of the inspiration for The Strangers called Them. So you definitely need to check that out. It's like proper terrifying. It's fantastic. What is it about, please? Um, it's about this couple. They've got, um, they've bought like a nice house in the country. Um, and then what happens is obviously people are trying to like invade their house, but they don't want anything from them. So they're like seeing lights at the window and it's like people's faces. It's all sort of very sort of like games, kind of like the strangers meets the purge kind of thing. And in the the film like crescendos and they find that there's like tunnels to the sewers under their house. And this is how these people are kind of like getting in and everything like that. And um, it's based on a true story, which then also then inspired the strangers and la la okay. la la. I've never seen the second strangers. I've, I've seen parts of it. It's a more adventurous, I'd say. Yeah, it's Interesting. good. I mean, I should check that. I do need to check that one out because I found the strangers was one of those movies that I didn't expect to scare me but really did. Yeah, it's a terrifying situation, you know, being by yourself in an isolated isolated house and there mm. bad people outside who want to hurt you want to hurt you. Yeah. I think the scene where I think it's when the boyfriend's gone away, like I think he's gone to the store to get her cigarettes or something, and she's like in the kitchen having a drink and the, mm. the guy with the bag sort of steps out into the background. And she's in the foreground, and then he just steps back behind like something out like the wall and disappears mm. again, and she has no idea he's there. And I was just like, "Huh? <laughs> that <laughs> oh is a mm. Oh, I can't. That was like that's. I think the biggest terror, like the thing that gets people the most, is what could really happen to you with yeah. horror. Like, I'm never scared watching things like a werewolf movie, a vampire movie, mm. because it's but- supernatural. That's why. Yeah, and then the strangers that hits home that could happen to you. I think it's you know? part, partly based on true events, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is just crazy. Like that movie was a that was a good one, and it was good to see Liv Tyler do something different because she's um she's had a very varied movie career. Yeah, you know? I think that's her. I think that was the first horror film, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, she's done like Empire Records, like teen flicks, and then she did obviously Lord of the Rings. And then, yeah, she just did The Strange. She's a good actress, and she doesn't... I, I, maybe it's her choice not to book a lot of movie roles. I don't know. No, but she did a great job in, in The Stranger, so... Oh, that was... Yeah, that was definitely a great movie. I remember seeing that at the movies with my boyfriend at the time, and we were both... And he wasn't a big horror fan, but he was just like, damn, after that movie. We were both, like, super creeped mm-hmm. out. And I lived in a house at that time that was like literally in the middle of nowhere. And we had like big French doors in the bedrooms and stuff like that. And we were oh, both no. so, yeah, we were both so paranoid. And the French doors just like looked out over a huge field, which then descended into like the ocean kind of like things. Yeah. So it was on like um, on the promenade. And we were both like, pull all the curtains, like, on the doors. Yeah. But that's a good movie if it makes you feel that way. Absolutely. You know? Like talking- that's, hmm. yeah, sorry, what were you saying? So since we're talking about how horror in, uh, mixes, uh, explores realism, Kujo is mm. a good one too because it deals with uh, St. Bernard's dog going well, doesn't it? An everyday oh, dog. Oh, yeah. That's Cujo. a good film. 
Stephen King's done a lot, hasn't he? That's yeah. that are just amazing. Um, I really, what I really love about the Stephen King movies, Cujo, yeah, Cujo's terrifying, my god. But what I really love about the Stu- Stephen King movies is, um, I loved how he hated Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. Yeah, he did because uh, his Stanley Kubrick's film uh, doesn't is not faithful to his novels. That's why. Mm. So, he made the TV series of it. The Shining. He made it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I prefer that so much more before I even found out that Stephen King hated Kubrick's version. I just, I just, there's something about Stephen King's like wholesome family vibe gone wrong that he does in every movie. Yeah. I he, love that. He does, he does explore this dysfunctional families, doesn't he? Yeah. And there's something about that that's so appealing. Could be my dysfunctional family. Maybe I'm relating, but. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, I really like Pet Cemetery. You've got like the wholesome doctor and the mom and the kid, and then the kid dies, and then obviously mm. everything's just you watch that family fall apart. You know, yeah, the cracks hard. appear. Yeah, it's sad. I watched that movie. Uh, have you seen Pet Cemetery? I've seen I've seen the original one. Yeah. Oh, don't the remake was rubbish. Don't even waste your time. Um, mm. with that movie. There's the bit at the end where Gage, the boy, one he's, we'll say reanimated. We don't know what, <laughs> he's come mm. back from the pet cemetery. He's reanimated. And there's a bit when he uses the telephone from the neighbor's house to call his dad in his house. And I was like, I get that you've been reanimated from the grave. I get that you've been given a top hat somewhere mm. within that scenario. <laughs> How did you learn to use a telephone? Because you were like a toddler before you died. Apparently, in Pet Cemetery, you learn life skills, and then you're <laughs> reanimated. It doesn't make any sense. He was just a silly little toddler playing with a kite, and then he's like reanimated from the grave. He's got a top hat. He's using cell phones. He's paying bills. I was like, what is going on? That, And then the scene where he kicks his baby down the corridor, I was like, this movie is brilliantly insane. I love this mm. movie. I think Pet Cemetery is probably one of my favorite Stephen Kings, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. He did Christine. that TV series Rose. Oh yeah, Christine. Yeah. Oh, I want that car. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a different sort of horror film because it uh, deals with a car. You <laughs> know, that's why an object that is possessed. Yeah. Yeah. And like, the guy is in love with his car, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes, too much in love. Yeah. <laughs> no, do anything, so much do anything for it. And then the car's jealous and like kills uh-huh. his girlfriend. My God, scandalous. And- and the bullies too, yeah. It's a good, that good, movie, good kind of a... Yeah, it's a good one. I like that one. Um, I think, again, that was a really interesting movie. Um, I found out, because it reminds me of when we talk about Tom Savini and all those really cool special effects. When was Christine? The 80s? Uh, 82, I think. Beep, beep. The when they the final scene, when the car is like all crushed and then it comes back to life, they like they shot it where they would like crush parts of the car and then they like reverse the images and like try to get like, so that it looks like it's all popping out and stuff. And that's kind of, that was kind of like really interesting, like effects, but that's the thing I like the the eighties movies and the seventies movies. Cause the effects are so much more interesting, you know? Yeah, they truly are. There's more, then, uh, more creativity, I think. Yeah. More hands on instead of just CGI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, like, when you watch Friday the 13th and um, when Kevin Bacon gets stabbed through the neck from the bunk bed, 
and there was someone just blowing blood out mm. of a tube and you see loads of it coming out in the beginning because the guy blew too much. And I just, it's little things like that that I really enjoy, you know? Yeah, the result is awesome. Yeah, and I like, I love Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is sexy. He's done good films. Yeah, and he's a great actor too. Yeah, he's, I just think he's hot. <laughs> mm, okay, fair enough. <laughs> just my, uh, you've listened to the podcast. You know my assessment of all the actors is whether I think they're hot or not. but getting on to the point of today hence why we're doing spooky things without october being the theme because everyone was like why are you doing a horror podcast today and i was just like well everyone jordan peele's remake of Candyman is coming out soon it's a it's a remake it is a remake original Candyman was in the 80s Mm -hmm. i didn't like it which like shocks people because it's up there with one of the classics that everyone talks about. You know, you got, you know, Child's Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Candyman. It's like one of the big hitters, as you call them. I didn't like it, but Jordan Peele as a director and the trailers I've seen for the remake, this movie looks like it's going to be good. I am excited. Have you seen some trailers for it? Yeah, I've seen, yes. I'm predicting um, Candyman using his hook to kill people and bees. That's what I'm predicting. <laughs> Plenty of gore. Yeah? You that reckon? is the essence of Candyman, yeah. yeah. Just hooks and bees, tons of them everywhere. Yeah, I'm ex- I think it's going to be exciting. Jordan Peele's take on movies is so good. You know, um, did you see uh, Get Out? Yeah, absolutely. Great film. Yep. It's like, it's him again, isn't it? He did, I didn't like Us. I don't know if you watched that one as well. I haven't seen it, no. It's not as good. It's not got the power of Get Out. The thing is, I think if you make a movie like Get Out, I don't think it was his directorial debut, was it? But like, it was certainly his big first hitter of movies. And then it's such a hard thing to follow up, you know? It's going to be tough. And I think that he just started so strong with Get Out. And to follow it up with us, everyone was going to always be critical of it. Because Get Out is, I think it's a flawless modern day. I wouldn't say horror. I'd certainly say a thriller. I don't know. Yes, yes. It's because there's a great job in creating tension and suspense. Mm. That's what I think. Definitely with that movie, Mm. yeah. Uh, Because you just can't trust anyone in that movie. I think that's a big element of it, you know. And paranoia and feeling like you're you're going crazy because no one believes you which is how i obviously the our protagonist felt during get out like you know that movie's brilliant but yeah it's a candy man is um a modern day take on an old tale it's not going to be a remake essentially it's it's almost a follow-on or a modern retelling i'm not too sure from what i've read mm. but i mean the, the the legend of candy man can come at any time kind of like you know nightmare on elm street the legend of freddy krueger could come back at any time um so i think you know that's the direction they're heading i'm super excited to see it i'm not big on remakes has there ever been a horror remake that you've really gravitas towards and you've jumped on a horror remake mm. Mm, what's it uh, i cannot think of one actually can you um do you know what everyone's gonna hate me and fire me out of a cannon go for it but i quite liked the remake of nightmare on elm street nightmare on elm street i haven't seen it is it is it good then it's got the guy from Watchmen in it. Oh, I can't remember his name. I'm gonna. We're so bad with actors' names today. I'm no like, worries. I don't know who anyone is. Who cares? It was a good remake. I personally don't like the Freddy Krueger films from the 80s. I find them really boring, really dull. 
um Johnny Depp wears a crop top fine it's the 80s I'll mm. let it go but like um he's so young in that movie but uh yeah I found the remake to be much more interesting I found that they found they found that they made Freddy Krueger's character a lot less like comedy schlocky like they did in the 80s they actually made him a very um you know interesting character mm. with a backstory that you could kind of empathize towards at some I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Sometimes and then fear at other points. And I think everyone just, everyone hates horror remakes, don't they? So. Yeah, you really get a good one. Friday was 13th was awful. <laughs> and then 2009, was it? Yeah, 2009. I'm a big Jason person. So I was kind of like, I'm going to go see it. It's going to mm. suck. But um, yeah, that movie sucked. I found Jason to be really good in that movie because he was just like, the way they made him look was really good. But that was about it. <laughs> yeah, he, he wears he a hockey mask, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh... I just Jason's Jason's one of my hot hot serial killer guys. He's he's sexy. I I like Jason more than Michael. That's always the argument. Who do you prefer, Jason or Michael Myers? I don't know, I'm Jason. Jason, I mean, is he alive or are we talking before he was res- resurrected in in Friday the Thirteenth Part Six? Oh my god, Jay. Like the theory is he drowned as a boy. Yeah. And then <laughs> he kind of like rose from the dead and like lived in the wild mm. and tried to avenge his mother who got her head cut off in the first mm. movie. But then yeah, okay. no one knows is he did he drown and then as a zombie or did he drown but survive and then just live like a feral person in the woods like and then he's he, yeah as you said he's resurrected in so many movies then he's shot into space and then mm. <laughs> that's a bit <laughs> that's a bit crazy in the space i hate jason <laughs> x yeah i yeah. hate that I'm, one. i haven't seen it so but i don't want to I mean jason in space come on now that's <laughs> doing it i got through 40 minutes of that movie and turned it off mm. it was just not like good it's like i get the franchising makes a lot of money i think they should have stopped at jason takes manhattan and then kind of been like yeah we've gone as far as we can now you know 
but they did Halloween Resurrection mm. where Michael does Kung Fu with Buster Rhymes. Mm. So they also burnt out quite okay. quick. Mm. <laughs> Do you not remember that one? When was that? Like 2001 or something, I think. Yeah, I think so. I haven't seen that one, though. Oh, no. it's... Have you seen Halloween H H twenty? When they had Jamie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was okay. And then they followed it up because that made such a load Mm. of money because obviously Jamie Lee Curtis had returned for the first time since Halloween two. Everyone was like, "Yeah, Josh Hartnett's in it when he's young and good looking." Um, Not that he, I don't know what he looks like now. I don't know what Josh Hartnett's doing anymore. My God, someone should check (laughs) in on Josh Hartnett. Is he okay? But like. that movie was so big, so they made um, Halloween Resurrection, and it's it was just a flop. And Buster Rhymes, the rapper, is in it, and they do mm. a scene at the end where they're doing kung fu with Michael Myers, and I was just like, eh, <laughs> mm. too silly. Very. Oh, and they're in a ring of fire. If you want it to be even more preposterous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to see that movie now? I know you do. You got to watch that. I mean, it's going to be exciting. Any movies that you're excited to come out? What are you looking forward to this horror year? Because obviously we've got Candyman. We've got Halloween Kills coming up as well. Yeah, let's say that's, that's going to be good. Uh, the Halloween 2018 was okay, wasn't it? I think they did oh, a good yeah. job with that. Yep, I was into that. Yeah. I'm. Did you listen to the podcast where me and Ian have come up with our alternate storyline to Halloween? No, I did not. Can you tell me? So at the end of the 2018 one, you see Michael Myers get set on fire, you know? Uh-huh. My theory is this one we're going to watch Michael Myers in a recovery burn unit, getting over his wounds and learning to walk again and being a better human being. And there's going to be no killing, just Michael in a recovery unit. That's my theory because you cannot survive being set on fire. It doesn't matter who you are, yeah. <laughs> but they burnt him in a house. How is he going to survive? Apparently well, he, he does. He got burned in the second one, though. Halloween 2, remember? Oh, my God. Yeah, the yeah. hospital, yeah. How did he survive that? <laughs> I don't know. <gasps> Michael's going forever. I don't know. Damn. I guess he's, in, he's indestructible, I guess. They did an episode. They did one. I can't remember which what I think it's The Curse of Michael Myers. It's got Paul Rudd in it, of all people. Com- comedy actor Paul Rudd decided in the 90s to branch out into horror. Good for him. Um, and there's something where Michael's got, like, a mark on his wrist of like a pagan symbol mm. and he's part of like he's part of a cult or something was the theory and they tried to vaguely explain away the, through that film as to why michael is so indestructible but i don't think he is i just want to see him in a burn recovery unit getting over his wounds i want to see michael live the struggle you know yeah, eating hospital he... foods <laughs> of course and after he recovers he's going to go to prison forever right yes Yes, and then the Jamie killings. Lee Curtis will just go on vacation and she'll live mm. her best life and that's Halloween and that's the end. I think apparently, though, in all seriousness, there's going to be two more. So we've got Halloween Kills coming up this year and then mm-hmm. there's a third one and they're claiming that the third one is finally the final one. Done deal. This is the end. Yeah, we so. heard that before, haven't we? Yeah, then they came back with Halloween H20. Mm. I always want to call that movie H2O, but then I'm yeah. like, there's no association with water there. Maybe Michael's mm. just really thirsty. LL Cool J was in that movie. Mm-hmm. I love that. And again, where's Josh Hartnett? No one knows. That was such a 90s 
celebrity movie. That was a good one. I liked that mm. one. But poor Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, she must be getting mm. paid a lot of money to keep coming back and doing mm. these Halloween movies. Yeah. But that gets me on to, I think, personally, in my... The question is... I got really confused then as to what I was saying. <laughs> Who do you think is the best horror director? The best horror director? Hmm. Well... I think Wes Craven's pretty good. He brought us uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. and he brought us Scream too. Scream, which resurrected the slasher film, slasher genre for a while. Yeah. Spe- speaking of which, I'm looking forward to the new Scream film. Actually, it's coming January 2022. <gasps> I actually really liked Scream Four, didn't you? Yeah, I think it's the best one for me. I think I think they did a good job there. Yeah, and Rory Culkin's in it. He's my favorite of the McCulkin brothers, if you're going to pick one. Everyone says McCorney mm-hmm. Culkin. I'm like, no, Rory Culkin is my favorite. I love Rory mm-hmm. Culkin. I genuinely think he's a fantastic actor. Um, really underlooked. Like, he's so overlooked because of his brother's fame, and it's a shame because he's done some. He's mm-hmm. also done a, a lot of amazing horrors. If you ever get bored, just go on his uh, IMDb, go through some of those horror movies, mm-hmm. and you won't be disappointed. You've got Lords of mm-hmm. Chaos, you've got um, The House That Jack Built. There's a few really mm-hmm. good ones. And uh, yeah, everyone slated Scream 4, but I really enjoyed it. So I'm excited for number five. I think it's just called Scream, actually, not Scream 5. Wow. uh, But Wes Craven, he passed away, didn't he? So I wonder who's going to, you know, get on board with that. I'm not sure. Well, they've already completed the film, so it's out in Mm. January. So Mm. I'm not sure who's who's directed it or who wrote it, but I'm I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I wonder how many killers are going to be this time. Do you think it's going to be one killer, two killer, or maybe more killers? 17. They're just going to have like a whole like football team's worth of people come out. (laughs) Oh, being ghostface at the same time. (laughs) That'd be so good. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think obviously they'll keep to the usual like idea where you think it's like one or two Mm. and then they'll have a, you know, a whole like, I think it'll be really interesting actually if they only have one this time. You know? Yeah, I think the first every scream film has been two or more, isn't it? Uh, the 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 third one was one killer. The third one. Oh my god, I'm trying to remember Scream Three now. Oh my gosh, Scream Three is my least favorite one. I didn't really like that one. Uh, but it's just one killer. One is... Yeah, I'm tr- yeah, I think I remember that one. I remember uh, Courtney Cox having really bad haircut in mm. that one. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Scream is an interesting horror because it's a it's a horror that makes fun of horror, you know. Mm. And that's really interesting. And then I really kind of, however cheesy it was, liked the um the way they did the stab franchise within the Scream mm. movie. That was clever. You know? Yeah, and and I think that's the good thing about Scream is it's it's it knows that it's satirical and it's making fun of itself and it's it's poking fun in all the the holes and the flaws that we have in the in the horror movies we watch and i really enjoyed its take especially i think scream was um in 1996 my sister had it on vhs and it was like one of the very first horror movies that really like deeply got me into horror you know so it's always going to hold a soft place in the heart i think the scream 96 was also the first a slasher film to include two killers i think I think it was the wow. first one. I could be wrong, but I believe it was. The TV series that they did on Netflix was garbage, though. I'm not going to watch it. Don't worry. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I watched maybe like four episodes and I was like, garbage, and just turned it okay. off. I was like, this is trash. Let's like, get... it was just trash. Okay. What, what, what is it about, so? Can you tell me? 
Oh, oh, they're in a high school from what I gathered from the first few episodes. It's a bunch of teens in a high school. Um, and basically like people are getting caught out, like, and people are like, then like, if they do something bad, people like text the info around the school. And then mm. obviously some people are getting like knocked off and killed because of it. And then obviously it's like, Oh, who done it? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And there's like a house party in one. And then like the screen guys there, but he's got a slightly mm. different mask. Really? And I was just like, yeah, it's kind of like, um, it's like the screen mask, but it's like gray. Oh, it doesn't look that much different, but it's slightly different. And um, it's just like the characters. I mean, I was only a few episodes in, so I can't judge. But I I honestly felt from the first few episodes, like it just wasn't building anywhere. You didn't care about anyone on screen. There wasn't anyone that you empathized with. You were just like, eh, whatever. So if they got killed, you just don't care. And that's the essence. You know, that's a bad. You you can't invest yourself, can you? You can't be invested. Okay. You know, Uh, how long is each episode? I think they're like 40 minutes, 45 minutes each. Okay. Standard yeah. Netflix TV episodes. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just teen drama. It's teen drama under the guise of the Scream films. When you did know, it like they did. Yeah. Oh, like 2016, 2017. Okay. How many series is there? Do you know? I think there's like two or three now. It went for a while. Okay. Cool. It actually went for a long time. Like people liked it enough for them to, you know, carry on, didn't they? Where are they okay. up to? I'm like literally. Oh, they're on to three seasons. I just Googled it. Yeah. Three seasons. It's not for me. I think the okay. third season was the last. 2015 to 2019 it ran. Okay. Eh, nah, I'm all right with it. It wasn't for me. It wasn't the best thing they could do. They could do a lot better. But it is what it is. It, it makes money, doesn't it? And that's what happens. Things are successful. I think that was when Netflix were really jumping on the horror bandwagon for a while. Because they did the Sabrina the Teenage Witch remake horror series. And obviously they had Rivendale, which was all like, you know, people getting murdered series. I think they were just jumping on that bandwagon and trying to get their money out of it. And I was just like, eh, okay, I'll give it a bash. But I didn't connect. I think, um, yeah, Wes Craven's a good choice. I like that. I like that Wes Craven's a choice. I think mine is going to be, I'm going to be really cliche and tacky and say John Carpenter. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Halloween. And John, personally, okay. my favorite John Carpenter movie is probably The Fog. Mm, that's yeah, that, that's a spooky film with a ghost, yes. the pirates, I think. Yeah, the, pirate the ghosts. Yeah, they remade yeah, that yeah. with Tom Welling from Smallville, the TV series yeah. about Superman. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I like the remake. The original is much better. Yeah. Yeah, the remake's not good. No. no, the original has great atmosphere with the fog and everything, and the. You know those ghosts, whatever they are, they look terrifying. Mm. You know, you only you only see them as silhouettes, don't so as as dark figures, and that that's awesome because you don't know you don't know what they really are, what they really look like. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that's the thing they really hammed up on with the remake because um, you literally see them as pirate ghosts. You know, like mm. you see their faces, they talk as well and stuff like that in the remake. And um, I think the you know. And an anonymity, I can't say words today, of the ghosts in John Carpenter's one is much better. Yeah, they're always in the shadows. You don't really mm-hmm. know who they are. Mark Hamill is in that movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's the priest. Uh, uh, yes, of course he is. Yeah, he's good. And, and apparently uh, John Carpenter, he ummed and ahed about making this movie for ages. And then because Jamie Lee Curtis couldn't get cast in any movies after she'd done Halloween, because she'd been sort of like labeled as like a horror movie queen, like she'd done Halloween, Halloween 2, everyone was like, oh, Mm. you're a typecast now. And she was really struggling to 
get different roles in Hollywood. So he wrote this kind of like thriller, kind of like slightly horror, but I'd say The Fog is more of kind of like a, th- it's, it's more chilling. It's a thriller kind of vibe. Just so that Jamie Lee Curtis could get a paycheck. Oh, that's very nice of him. Oh, yeah, he, he was like, that. he was like, I've kind of ruined your career. Sorry. Um, like, because she couldn't get any other roles. Hey, I've got this project. Do you want to get on board? And then he, so he was like, him and Deborah Hill, who was his girlfriend, wasn't it? Um, he was like, okay, yeah, let's make it. And yeah, so that gave her something else to sort of say, okay, I've done horror, but I've also done this kind of spooky thriller a bit more. And then yeah, she got like prom mm. night and went on to do a bunch of other roles and kind of widened her her resume and now she, then she'd done like teen films like freaky friday i was like what are you doing stop doing that mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a very charismatic woman i don't know if you've ever watched her in interviews i haven't i should do though yeah i like jamie curtis she's lovely like i mm. never she did a tv series called scream queens which is brilliant if you're a fan of horror and you're a fan of comedy horror scream queens is hilarious and uh, i watched interviews with her during that time frame and she's very charismatic she's so charming she's a lovely lady in hollywood you know you get the you get the bad eggs in hollywood and then you just get some real genuinely soft nice people like keanu reeves and stuff you know yeah he's a nice guy he's a nice guy keanu reeves he was in um oh no please go Sorry, I'd like to say that my favorite John Carpenter film is The Sin. I think that's actually a great horror remake. Sure, I've mentioned that before, yes, isn't it? Mm, the Sin. I've, I've, I haven't seen it, but I know the film you're talking about. Oh, you, you must say it. It's awesome. You know, the makeup effects are fantastic. It's about um, a group of scientists, I think, are in, the, in Antarctica somewhere, in the middle mm. of nowhere, in the snow, and they come across a giant spaceship, and the sort of alien comes comes out of it and it and there's like a scene has, with dogs or something i yes, remember yeah. oh yep. yes and, yeah but nasty scene with dogs and it that, that extraterrestrial it takes the form of whoever it touches mm. yeah it's, yeah it's very it's like a lot of body horror in it and it's very worth it's worth pursuing yeah you should, you should yeah it it's, definitely it's like a really good friend of mine's favorite film ever like he absolutely loves it like um and he's always talking mm. about it like yo we got to watch the thing we got to watch the thing because he's also shocked mm. that i've never seen it but um like i've seen clips of it like it's been on tv and i've been flicking through channels and i remember yeah there was a scene with dogs in a cage and it was like mm. killing them and then it's like a big blob at one point and yeah and it, it looked crazy like the effects for the time as well again really beautifully done he also done um and no one ever knows about it and it was uh there was a tv series on the sci-fi channel in the early 2000s called masters of horror really we're gonna get nerdy now because i'm i'm a horror nerd and um yeah and so basically they gave a bunch of famous directors an hour and they said make a tv movie you got like a tv movie budget go Mm. for it uh john landis did it wes craven did it john carpenter did it you know tom savini did a like a load of effects on it all the uh gilma de toro did one as well really really big stuff and uh yeah he did one john carpenter did two cigarette burns which is brilliant but then he also did one called pro-life where this young girl in sort of like you know backcountry america everyone's christian you can't have an abortion (laughs) (laughs) this young 14 year old girl gets pregnant and her dad is like you ain't getting an abortion and she's like but dad i got impregnated by aliens and she gives birth to this massive crab baby Oh. And uh, yeah, it's like a John Carpenter one. And I was just like, like I remember like seeing that and thinking about when he made the thing. Mm. And it was very reminiscent of that kind of effect. And there's so many people who've never seen Masters of Horror and it's brilliant. 
It's brilliant. Masters of like, Horror, okay. Thanks for bringing yeah. it to my attention. Thank you. Four Check seasons. Yeah, there's four seasons. And each episode's like, yeah, an hour-long TV movie. And some of them are a bit like, you can pass over. But some of them, as I said, the John Carpenter one, the Gilmore de Toro one's pretty good. Um, they're all really, really good. And like, they're fun. They're fun watches. Some of them are kind of like jokey. And then some are really serious. Like, they're absolutely, you could, if you weren't in the mood for a certain horror and you couldn't pick, you could just watch Masters of Horror and have fun. Okay. All right, then. They did another version called Masters of Sci-Fi, but I'm not into sci-fi movies, so... <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, I don't know. It's just not for me. Like, some of them I watch, but mm. then some of them I'm just like... I think I just, like, like nod off. I'm like, I can't be dealing mm. with it. Like, obviously, Star Wars is the classic, isn't it? And stuff like that. Yeah, but I'm Star not, like, Wars. Mm. Aliens. Like, I don't like aliens. Okay, fair enough. E.T., do you like E.T.? Oh my god. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Yeah, Steven Spielberg did that, didn't he? He certainly did. <sighs> Elliot. My to... friend was called Elliot, mm-hmm. so I always used to do that to him. Just touch his finger and go, Elliot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he'd be like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> mm. But like, well, yeah, I have Drew Barrymore was in that. Yep, she was a little girl screams. Oh, she was a yeah. baby. Yeah, bless her. Then she went off the rails and did loads of cocaine too young. Mm. <gasps> poor girl hollywood's treacherous for those mm. child actors yeah. since we're talking about science fiction do we know any good horror films that take place in space what do you want about we just spoke about jason x now <laughs> okay okay yeah fair <laughs> no enough. way that movie's dreadful um i don't know uh, i mean i got one event horizon that's good Oh, Event Horizon. Do you know, yeah. I've not seen that since I was like a mm. child again. I've not seen that one in a while. Um, I think like um, for a really kind of jokey, kind of gory sci-fi one would be Starship Troopers. That's kind of stupid, but fun to watch. I wouldn't rate it as a good movie, but it's certainly like an interesting, funny watch. Um, I think sci-fi kind of theme. Again, it's another John Carpenter one, but probably um, They Live. It's not like in space, but it's like no, it's the alien it's, it's people come down. It's a horror film, down. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. I don't know. How many horror movies are there in space? You got Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, that's not Event... a horror. Really? Is that a is horror that the... or is that a sci-fi? Assault on Precinct 13. I don't think it takes place in space, does it? I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. Dun, dun, I'm, just, dun. I'm just talking about horror films that take place in space. I mean, we've got Alien, I guess. The first one is considered to be a horror film. Yeah, the first Aliens. Alien. Yeah. Yeah, Event the Horizon, one, yeah. Jason yeah. X. <laughs> There's not a Anything, lot, actually, yeah. when you think about it. Hmm. I can't I think guess, of any I more. Guess, I guess space is mostly for science fiction, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's lots of like horror movies involving things coming down from space, but there's not mm-hmm. many that happen in space. Maybe that's why they just fired Jason up there, so he can keep all the, the aliens at bay and protect us if Jason is mm. real. <laughs> <laughs> I think good a good um, alien movie, which is always overlooked, um, is Village of the Damned. Um, Village of the Damned, yeah. Which was an original 50s film, wasn't it? And then John Carpenter made it with the guy who played Superman. What's Christoph- his name? Christopher Reeve. Him, yeah. yeah. And Kirstie Alley's in it. And the alien children come down and they all give birth to the babies and stuff like that. And mm. I think that's certainly, if I was to pick something that borderlined on kind of sci fi horror, yeah, Village of the Damned is brilliant. I love it. Are you referring to the original or the remake? Remake. I like John Carpenter's one, you know? Okay. It's, it's kind okay. of fun. 
Ah, it's it's fun. It's again, yeah. it's kind of tacky. The fifties one, the black and white one. I think it's fifties or sixties. That was pretty. I remember watching that young. That was chilling. I haven't seen it. Children eyes taking over people's minds. That's it, pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. It horror movies, I think, in essence, make you mistrust children. Yeah, there are a few. I mean, have you seen Orphan? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Thing is, I watched that on a whim, just on a Netflix play. Mm-hmm. Go for it, and then I was like sucked in. That was crazy. Yeah, you got like The Exorcist, The Ring, The Grudge. Mm. You know, the yeah, Orphan. There's the list goes on. It makes me mist- It makes me glad that I've made the personal choice to not have children. <laughs> <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. We come full circle. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good one. Of course. Yeah. I, I love. I love. Mm-hmm. I love the plot twist in The Orphan. That's brilliant. That's a very clever one. Don't, don't, I'm not gonna don't say it, but the plot twist is terrific. I think with the plot twist as well, what I liked about it is I actually didn't really see it coming. No, me either. Yeah, <laughs> very clever. And that's really hard to pull off. I think in a lot of movies nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen so much in horror that sometimes plot twists are very predictable. I mean, M Night. <laughs> I can never say surname. M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, he's it's a sixth sense, yeah. Yeah, he's the master of the plot twists. But even when I watch his movies now, sometimes I'm like, see it coming. I see that plot twist coming, you know. Mm. The Visit. Did you see the movie The Visit he did? No, I haven't. Is that any good? <gasps> Ooh, that one's fantastic. That really? Was probably, I would say that that was his renaissance film. Like, it was his comeback. Because um, he did a lot of garbage. Because he did, mm. uh, people didn't like The Village, did they? And all those other ones that he did. Um, that was certainly a renaissance movie. Um, yeah, it's about a, a brother and sister who go to stay with their grandparents. And then the grandparents, as the, the vacation, if you will, progresses, they get weirder and weirder and weirder. And it's done like a found footage because the, the, the girl, the, the granddaughter girl, she wants to sort of mm. become a documentary filmmaker. So she she's filming their holiday as kind of like a little project to learn to use movie, like movie maker and stuff. And then, the, yeah, the grandparents start to go really bonkers and... Um, it really, it's got a great twist. I don't want to ruin it for you in case you do check it out. It is a, that's okay. a really good one. He's recently just released a new movie that's out in cinema at the moment called Old. So he's certainly having his renaissance back into filmmaking because he went quiet for a while, didn't he? Yeah, I certainly hope. I certainly hope he comes back. Yeah, that'd yeah, be great. Sixth Sense was brilliant. Mm. It was a brilliant movie. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one? The Sixth Sense, absolutely, yes. The twist is terrific. We're not going to spoil it, but it's, the twist is fantastic. One of the best Definitely. ever. I think the scene where they're at the school recital or something mm. and um, Bruce Willis's character is talking to the young boy and there's mm. the, the three people who've been hung on top of the stairwell mm. and they're just in the background and they're maintaining conversation in the foreground. And that was just absolutely chilling. And That's I was ter- like, mm. it's beautiful. Ter- terrific shot. Yeah. It's, there's something so, so ominous about him trying to comfort a child while that horrific image is just, hanging in the background you know mm. and uh there was a lot of you know uh, misha barton was in that movie as the girl who kept throwing up and then she went on to have a semi-successful career in the oc <laughs> after that oh really wow yeah she's the little girl under the bed who, yeah i know who you mean yeah yeah that's misha barton from the oc and then obviously unfortunately for her her career went downhill and she was a good actress i you know it's, child stars either make it or they break don't they it's a shame yeah it's a shame 
I love yeah, to see Drew Barrymore. Yeah, she started with E.T. She did a sort of semi-horror called Firestarter. Uh, her girl with a can start fire, as the title suggests. I haven't seen it. Is it good? Um, I haven't watched it for many, many years. It's a it's a late 80s movie. But it was, yeah, it was okay. It was what it was. I mean, she was sort of like progressing herself and trying to get away from being a child star at that point. Um, like, you could see she wanted to take on more serious roles. She's still quite young in it. Uh, but then, obviously, unfortunately for her, she went off the rails. But she built her career back up, so good for her, you know. Well done to her. Yeah, she did. She's very successful. She came back with a brilliant thriller movie in the 90s called Poison Ivy, which is a sort of uh, very kind of, like you could describe it as a Black Widow-y kind of movie, you know, woman, yeah. basic instinct killer kind of thing. That was a classic one. Good old Drew Barrymore. I love that movie. I liked the whole femme fatale sort of thriller horrors that came out in the 90s you know yep. are you are, are you aware they're actually making another orphan film number two yes i think it's yes. a prequel actually believe it or not um and, at the end she went back she went back to the, the girl got caught in the end at the first one so she I'd died yeah yes I would it's going to be a prequel yeah and it's going to be the same actress again reprising her role Wow. Yeah, that's what I read last time. So I think it's happening. It's going to be interesting, I guess. Gonna yeah, well, be... they they made um they seem to be making sequels to everything at the moment. So that yeah. seems like one that I'm actually interested in. A lot I'm not interested in, but that one seems good. She's going to be older now. She's going to be playing a younger version of herself. <laughs> I was <laughs> gonna just be taking about place to before say... she came to America. Yeah. Yeah, how are they? I mean, the thing is, they CGI a lot of. You can airbrush and CGI a lot of faces now, can't you? So, yeah. I think they probably may rely heavily on that because it's been a long time since the first one. I think the first one was what, 2015, 2013? The first orphan. Yeah. 2009, actually. What? She's going to yeah. be immensely older. Yes. <laughs> I don't oh, know. That's going to we'll be see. hard. They've really I just googled it, The Orphan 2. They've released a trailer and they're planning for it to come out. It doesn't say yet, but it's okay. going to be called it's going to be called The Orphan First Kill. Okay, prequel then. <laughs> yeah, that's the name that they're giving it. So, that's going to be interesting. I'll be interested to see that cuz I think The Orphan is one of those movies where you know, the people who've seen it are really like really dedicated to it, but then there's also a lot of people who've not seen it, which is a shame cuz it is a classic. Yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend that to anybody. Oh, she's film. so creepy. I'm looking at the little girl's yeah. face now. She's yeah. so creepy. I was trying to Google images of... There's there's a teaser trailer image, and it's very CGI'd on her face, so I'm assuming they're going to go down that route. Okay. Because she, she's obviously... She's she's a lot older now. She looks like a grown woman, but yeah. Well, she is a grown woman. Yeah, she <laughs> was dare... born in... Hmm. Sorry, what were you saying? She was born in 97. Yeah, the actress, that's going to yeah. be great. I'm excited for that. I definitely would watch that one, you know? Like, that's yeah, going to be a not? classic. Well, we'll I mean, they've, like, I think, like, second films that have come out that have been disappointing. Like, you had, like, The Purge, and you had all of the the Purge Anarchy. They were rubbish. And obviously, you had The Strangers mm. 2, which wasn't the best. And then The Boy, and then they did The Boy 2, and I was like, sigh. So, I mean, if they can pull off a successful second part then that's going to be great. I'm really excited for that. I like The Boy. I mean, I haven't seen The Boy too, so I mean, because The Boy has, an, has a, another clever twist in it, but mm. how can, the second one, does it have a twist? Um, No, not really. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. I think basically um, I did watch it and it was, um, 
another family move into a house and then that house is kind of like I think the only way to describe how the house is set up is it's like Airbnb style and it's like a mini house on the land of the house where the boy was set in okay and that house is abandoned so they kind of like hey let's look around you know what I mean and then it kind of all just goes from there and they Mm. find the doll and the boy brings the doll back to the Airbnb version of the house and it's yeah, TripAdvisor's one star. I'm sure they didn't enjoy their vacation in that Airbnb or whatever it's meant to be. Yeah, so, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was the best. The acting was very, um, I don't want to be cruel, but basic, and it was very slow-paced, and I just kind of was like, ah, oh, I'm not invested in this. Okay, I won't be either. <laughs> I mean, visually, it's it's still as beautiful as the first one. I mean, I feel like they really visually set that up really well, and that the house is very ominous. But mm. other than that, it's a, it's just another sequel that's got nothing to write home about with, you know. Mm. And that's a shame. But you know, what what will be will be. The Orphan Two, though. I mean, they did a sterling sterling job on the first one, so let's hope it goes the right way. I'm also hopeful for Candyman because John Peel mm. is a legend, and he's doing mm-hmm. very well as a filmmaker. But yeah, I mean. I think we've summed up a lot. Is there anything else you think we haven't summed up? I think we've covered a lot. What about zombie films? <gasps> oh my god, it's funny you should say it. I'm so excited. I'm in the middle of all of The Walking Dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm very overwhelmed by zombie stuff right now. But I'm going to say it. My favorite zombie movie is Night of the Living Dead. The 68 one. Yes. That was the first zombie film, wasn't it, I think? Yep, and it was one of the very first films to have the leading man be a man of color as well, wasn't it? So mm. there was a lot of revolutionary stuff going on. I, I just find that movie to be so... I think because there's no excessive special effects, there's no mm. you know over-the-top like gore and things like that. The way the zombies just slowly edge towards the house and they're mm-hmm. like trying to hold themselves up inside and barricade the doors. And I think it's that... Um, ever-present threat outside that they can't escape that makes that movie terrifying. What would be your favorite zombie flick? Well, it's kind of a horror comedy. Have you seen Brain Dead? Um, Red Jackson? Yeah, I know the movie. I've seen like the first like maybe like 10 minutes, but then I ended up like not watching the rest because we was out like, with pals and stuff. We turned it off and went out, but I know the movie you're on mm. about. Yeah, it's probably the goriest film ever in oh, New I Zealand. It, it was filmed in New Zealand, yeah. It's about the... Mm. Uh, this if they find this kind of uh rat monkey i think whatever it is and it's a hor- it's horrible looking and it, it it bites people and turns them into zombies that's how it goes that uh, sounds interesting yeah it is interesting but uh it's very very gory you know whatever you can imagine hap- happens there you know t- people being torn apart it happens so they have a wow. you know a huge massacre that involves a lawnmower so be prepared for a lot of blood <laughs> Oh, I'm like I like that. That sounds exciting. Yeah. yeah as I said, I've I've literally have done ten seasons of The Walking Dead recently, so I'm fine with watching people get their face eaten right now, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, talking of The Walking Dead, I mean, have you done The Walking Dead? Have you watched it? I'm ashamed to say I have not. Shame on me. How to? It's very long. Um, mm. obviously some seasons are really good. Some aren't aren't so good um Mm. but um it really did kind of bring the zombie genre into the mainstream that tv series did and it's gone for 11 seasons now so obviously there still Mm. is an audience out there for zombie movies even though there's not really Mm. been a lot of zombie movies recently that's true yeah when was the last time we had a good zombie film 
I think the last one I saw that I can think of and class as modern would be, again, it was a zombie comedy called Warm Bodies with Nicholas Holt in it. Mm. Um, and then you've probably got things like Zombieland and Zombieland 2. But for a serious zombie movie, I can't mm-hmm. remember. I can't remember. I wouldn't. I literally don't know what would be the last serious zombie movie. I can only just think of jokey ones. But yeah, so I mean, The Walking Dead have, have sort of like, Obviously, there's an audience out there for it, but so I'm surprised a lot of filmmakers aren't jumping on it right now. Mm. World War Z. Oh yeah, yeah. You got well with that Brad was okay. Pitt. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, I don't find Brad Pitt attractive. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I barely talked about this week out of context for myself. Who do I find sexy in movies? I think my hottest movie horror movie actor is probably Norman Reedus because he did Cigarette Burns. He's in The Walking Dead. He did The Messengers too. He is my horror, he's my sexy horror pick of the week. Who is your hottest sexy horror actor? Do you have one? Well, I'm going to answer it like this. I think that the, the person who does Dracula better, as in my opinion, is Christopher Lee. I think he's brilliant at it. <gasps> Dracula, yeah. He yes. does it fantastically. God, yeah. Yeah, he's hot. Mm. I, I think Vincent Price is sexier. <laughs> <laughs> but Christopher but- Lee, yeah, he's a beautiful man. And he's terrific Dracula, you know, he does his, yes. he plays a part brilliantly, I think. He's subtly seductive with it, and he's very charming and charismatic, and that is what Dracula is about, you know? Like, yeah. Dra- Dracula is a, is you know, vampires are meant to be amazing people that you want to be around and, and be classy, you know, they're classy people. Really? I don't know. I find them. I find them to be. I find that all vampires are very kind of. They have this certain charm to them that like ropes you in. I mean, we're not talking but, about Twilight vampires, but <laughs> they bite people. They drink through blood. I mean, that's that's yeah. fun in the bedroom if you want it that way. <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather stay away from them. Probably, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, t- I don't think I'd want to live forever. Like, if a vampire was like, "Yo, do you want the choice?" I'd be like, "Nah, I'm alright, thanks." Mm. you know tom cruise was really good as a vampire in the interview with the vampire with brad pitt that is probably my favorite vampire film it is a classic that everyone overlooks i love that yes yes the 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 set the atmosphere is fantastic the costumes Mm -hmm. look great you know the settings are great and the story is pretty good and i like Angel dance you know she does a great job too as a sort of child vampire that's the first i think yeah, I love the scene where she's um she's got the dead woman in her bed that she's keeping because she's so desperate to to have puberty and become a woman for herself and be attractive because there's always that underlying story that she's um she's in love with Lestat, I think it is. It's Brad Pitt's character. Is she? That's what in the, my my ex-boyfriend was reading the books, the original books, and there's a very strong hint towards that she wants to mature and become a woman so that her and Lestat can be together in the books and uh, it was kind of interesting that they just left that one moment in the movie where she she kind of talks about how she longs to grow up and, and not be a child anymore and mm. yeah there was a lot of heavy my boyfriend said that at the time that there was a heavy inkling towards her being in love with Lestat but I prefer Tom Cruise in that I think his character and I can't remember the name of the vampire he plays but Mm. I love him. He's so fun and exciting, and exuberant and charismatic and charming. And I love him. And he's so good at like wooing people so that he can bite mm. them. And yeah. And oh, what's his name? The guy who played Zora. Antonio Banderas is in it. My God. Mm-hmm. That's a great, I need to watch that movie. It's been a long time. I haven't seen that yeah, in years. Absolutely. Oh, that's a brilliant one. Mm. Well, I mean, 
I think, yeah, we'll have to round it up now. So we've been talking for a while. <laughs> and um, I hope everyone has, our listeners, I hope they have enjoyed this evening and our trip down the many avenues of horror. You know, I think we've really covered mm. a lot, don't you? Yeah, I think we did. I think it's we did a good job. It's been enjoyable. I've really enjoyed talking. And I hope you guys have enjoyed listening. And I'm sure we will see you all very soon. Next week's podcast is something I don't know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it is, enjoy it. Well, thank you for listening, guys. And thank you very much, Jason, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Nice. Goodbye, guys. Have a good night. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.